The theme is... Yes, trust. And over the last few weeks, we've been looking at serving. We've been looking at servant leaders. And uh, today, we're going to look at trust. And I want it to link in with our serving. Because really, to serve, we have to be serving the one who we trust. That's right, at the back there. I think that was a kid just saying, yeah, but we'll pretend. It's okay. If you want to say some amens, yeah, that will really encourage me. It's okay. Um, Amen. Come on down there. I did bingo ones just so I got some amens and yeses, um, just to make me feel better about myself. Uh, I'm only joking. But trust, it's under attack these days. I mean, it's always been a bit of a dodgy subject because trust is something, like Dolly said, that isn't really able to define. However, we know when we've lost it and we know when we have it. Is that right? That's true. And in today's world, trust is under attack. There has never been a time where there is no, like, there's hardly any truth out there, is there? And if it is the truth, it's my truth. And whatever my truth is, is good for me, or it's good for you, Anna, or it's good, good for whoever, really. But we believe in one truth, and his name is Jesus. So trust in today's world has been eroded. It can change our view of how we trust God. It can change our view of how we trust each other. But I just want to spend a very short time looking at trust and how the disciples needed to trust to follow. So if you are zoning out right now and thinking, well, that was for the disciples, well, guess what? We're disciples. And guess, amen. And guess what? We need to follow. And guess what we need? Trust. If I put my arm up like this, you know to say trust, okay, today? Trust. I want to start with a little story. You know me, I like a story. And uh, I like two things even more. And that is my family and my uh, love for walking in mountains. Um, Obviously, God's my first love. Just disclaimer there, just before you think I'm a heretic. Um, So I'm just going to invite my daughter, Bay, up. Bay, are you here? No, that's fine. No problem. We tried. It's not a problem. I've got it written down anyway, sweetheart. Don't worry. So we love mountains, and Bay, for a Christmas present two years ago, wanted an experience. So we went for a walk up a mountain. There we are. Sorry about my legs, folks. You can just block that out of your imagery there. Now, if you recognize this, I know somebody in here that will recognize it. Colin, you'll recognize this. This is Snowden. Yeah, this is Snowden. And Bay wanted to climb Everest. And I said, probably not this year. Um, I don't think Daddy's quite up for that one. But we will do Snowden. And she really was desperate to climb Snowden. 
Now, we got on the path. We started on a very gradual incline, as you can see. Um, we're kind of halfway um, in the walk, not halfway in the intensity. So we did this gentle incline. She's still smiling, so am I. And uh, it was an incredible journey, wasn't it, sweetheart? And we climbed this mountain together. We set off and she knew that she was nervous to do it, but she was determined to do it. Now, we might feel like that sometimes in life. We know we have to do something, but we're a bit nervous about it. Bay felt like that. And even though the path we chose was gentle to start with to see how we got on, she really wanted to go right to the top. And it was a beautiful day. We could see the summit. The, cl the cloud cleared and we could see the summit. And she was, I said, we're going up there. She's like, we're going up there. And we did. We climbed and climbed. And we met some people on the way who were encouraging and loving. And they were encouraging Bay. They were saying, well done. They asked her how old she was. And we met some rangers who were equally as encouraging and telling us how far away the end was. For me, I was a bag of nerves often because if you know this path, it starts to get very steep and lots of steps and edges. And Bay listened to me beautifully. She trusted me and she followed. Sometimes she led the way, sometimes I led the way but she was absolutely holding on to the words that I spoke and she knew that I wasn't going to let her go or get in trouble. So we had some stops. We started to carry on climbing. You see the next few pictures, some great views. Next one. There you go. We're really starting to get high now. And we then reach the summit. Hey, well, that was just the best thing. That made her 10 feet tall and made me a little bit emotional, to be honest with you. My daughter having an experience of climbing a mountain. But I wanted to find out how her little legs managed to climb such a beast of a hill. And I had to ask her. So yesterday, I spent some time. I was going to ask her here. And I asked her, could she have done it on her own? Her answer was no. She wouldn't have, which I'm glad about because she might have got lost, mightn't she? Then I said, was it because you had someone to follow? Yes, she said. Short answer. But I asked her, was she scared to climb? She was but she knew that I would catch her. I asked her, how did you know that you could follow me? What did you say? How did you know you could follow me? I trusted you. You trusted me. And do you want to sit up there? Good girl. And uh, why did you trust me? Because you're my dad. Because I'm your dad. And I asked you, didn't I, why does that make you trust me being your dad? What qualities is there? Um, because at you keep me safe. I keep you safe. And do I love you? Yeah. And what does that mean? Um, you give trust into me. Trust into you. That's great. And uh, how else did daddy help you up the mountain? Um, 
you stayed by my side. I stayed by your side. And when you were scared, what did I do? You holded my hand. I did. So, how did you find the climb? Good. Good. And what was the best bit? Um, probably reaching the top and having lunch. Reaching the top and having lunch. What did we have for lunch? Um, we had sandwiches, we had Pringles, we had crisps. I can't remember. Can't remember. And it was boiling hot, wasn't it? It was so hot. And uh, when we got to the top, I asked her, how did that feel? And you said you felt proud of yourself, didn't you? And that you, it was really good fun and really good. So thank you for sharing that. Just one question. Did we go into anything scary? Yeah, the steps. The steps. And did we go in anywhere dark? The cave. We went into a cave. And why was that so scary? Because it was pitch black. Pitch black. How did you know where to go? I didn't. You didn't. So what was the floor like in the cave? It was really wet. Really wet. It was like this deep of water, wasn't it? And how did you get across the stones? Um, you told me where to put my feet. Just told you where to put your feet. And we managed somehow to not get wet feet, which would be a nightmare, wouldn't it, in a walk like that? Well, thank you very much. If we give her a big round of applause. Thanks, Bay. That's great. I wanted to share the story because as well as this morning, we've been looking at Nemo, Psalm 23, Psalm 91. For me, the trust of a child is actually quite unique and unbelievable because bless her heart, she had no clue what that mountain was, was going to be, how hard it was going to be, and really whether daddy could even make it. She kind of knew. She knew that I'd done it before, but it could have gone horribly wrong for so many reasons, but it didn't. So she trusted me and she knew that I cared for her and loved her so she could. So what does it take to trust? Why do we trust? How do we trust? Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. In all ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Simple verse in Proverbs, the Old Testament. That's the old part of the the Bible, which is on about we need to trust the Lord. This was even before Jesus' time. We need to trust him not just partly, not just with a little bit of it, but a bit like Bay. it was her whole life. Something tragic could have happened, but it was her whole life that she had to trust. Now, I'm not her God. She believes in Jesus and loves him. And that's what I want her to do is trust the Lord with all her heart, that she won't need me, but she can trust the Lord to climb mountains in her life. The scriptures we've already heard this morning um, through the, the, the way the, the chap was talking about, and if you want to read 91 when you get home, it always talks about he's our shepherd, the one we can trust, the person who protects us, leads us, helps us, and loves us, and helps us love our enemies. The shelter where we find safety, the comforter. We don't have to be scared with him. He will be with us in times of trouble because we love him, he will rescue us. So this is all good and well, 
But what does it mean for our trust in the Lord? I said we trust the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our understanding. So that means we lean on his understanding. So his understanding of life, his understanding of will and way. Now, the disciples... There are four accounts of this story in the Gospels. You've got your synoptic Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then you've got your other Gospel, John. Three Gospels and John. Uh, John's a Gospel as well, but just slightly different. Basically, look at the three encounters of the disciples being met by Jesus. Some, it would suggest the first time, some suggest they already knew about Jesus and some would suggest that they heard him teaching about the Bible that was already there and knew that whatever he was saying must have been good. Are you with me so far? Four accounts. I'm going to look at three very, very briefly. I'm not going to read the whole lot because we'll be here all day and I know we're short on time. So the first one is in Mark. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for there were they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in the boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Now that verse is not new to us, is that right? If it is, This is great because this is how the disciples, Jesus' first followers, came to follow him. In this moment, they chose to trust Jesus. Now, if we just read this on its own, it would seem quite amazing that he just said, hello, good to see you, come and follow me. That's basically what it would appear. And let's read it like that for this occasion because I think there is a reality when you meet Jesus We don't always need to know who he is fully. We don't always need to know what he's done fully. There is an encounter that will transform us so quickly like that, that we can trust him. Second account, John 1, 35 to 42, if you want to read the whole thing. This time, the disciples were with John the Baptist. John the Baptist also had followers. These followers were... Simon Peter and Andrew, sorry, Simon Peter's brother, Andrew, and an unnamed disciple. So they might not have been completely the same disciples, but this was a first occasion where the disciples were asked to come and follow Jesus. Now, in this occasion, Jesus was already known to them because John the Baptist had already started preaching. There is someone I know that is coming after me who I am not worthy to untie his sandals. There was someone greater coming. It was Jesus. And the reason why he knew that is because the day before this account was Jesus' baptism where God descended on him like a dove and said, this is my son who I'm well pleased. You'll know that from scripture. So this account, they knew a bit of Jesus They understood what he came to do because they understood the word of God because John had been teaching them. In those days, they didn't have universities. They didn't have colleges. They had teachers and they would get alongside them and they would follow them and they were called disciples. So that was John's disciples. They came to know Jesus. 
Jesus in the verse says, come, they followed him. He showed them um, where he was. And then later on in the verse, they met the other two and they went off together. Luke 5. Are you still with me? I said there was a lot here. Yeah, okay. So Luke 5. On the day Jesus was standing by the lake of Gethsemane, I practice this as well, Dave. Gesenaret. Genesaret. Ready? I'll, put, I'll lift my arm. We all say it together. You ready? You guys are just as bad as me. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. That was good. Right. Which actually was the sight of the Sea of Galilee still. I could have just said that, couldn't I? And the people were crowding around him and they were listening to the word of God. He actually asked for the disciples' boats and he went out a little further into the water because there were so many crowds. The disciples were like, hmm, something's happening here. They were listening. They could hear that he was speaking of the word of God, if you read the verse. And he went out and taught a little further. Interesting here is they had been fishing all night. They were very tired, probably. Nothing was caught. And Jesus said, do you know what? Why don't you put the nets the other side and uh, see what happens? Basically, they did. And all of a sudden, they had a miraculous catch. We probably know the verse well as well. In this occasion, they trusted Jesus before they followed him. They trusted him enough to do what he commanded them to do. So, the first account. They saw Jesus. He said hello to them or however you want to read that. And they followed him because he said, come. They obeyed him. The second account, they knew a little bit of Jesus. They followed him because they knew of who he was and what he was coming to do. Because of what John the Baptist was saying. The third account is they saw Jesus's power at work and they were like, wow, okay. We're going to follow him because what he does, obviously, is pretty cool. As you can tell, I'm paraphrasing that incredibly highly. So please bear with me. So in those three accounts, everything revolves around trust. The disciples would never have followed Jesus if they hadn't have trusted him. They did three things, I believe. They listened, they learned. And you know that verse I spoke of earlier? Do not lean on your own understanding. I believe they leaned into him. So I'll go through that again. Listened, they learned, and they leaned. They listened. They heard what he said. Come, follow me. For us, you might know Jesus, you might not know Jesus. You might follow him, you might not follow him. If you don't follow him, can I encourage you today? that he is the best thing that you can do is to follow him and his ways. I'll go on to a bit later how we can do that. If you do follow him, we start with listen. We have to hear his call in our life and we have to follow. Following him is costly. Following him will cost the world in many ways. What is it to gain the world but lose your soul so the backwards to that is to gain your soul is to lose the world Jesus' call to us is come 
we listen. We learn. We have to change our ways. It was through the disciples who learned with John, the Baptist, they were learning about the Messiah to come, and then they met him and they cried out, Lamb of God. They knew who he was. They knew what was going to happen to a point that they could believe and trust. But only because of what the prophets had said in the past times that they knew and understood. And then they leaned. Now, the word lean, I was trying to think it it was convenient because it started with L. But I thought it was quite interesting because when we lean, we are trusting on something. And it is a physical lean. It's we are pursuing, we are choosing to put our trust in something. So after they listened, after they learned, they leaned. And I want to use the word leaned as they followed. It's an active choice to do something. The disciples had the choice to do something. So nowadays, our trust, if what I said at the beginning is sometimes eroded, sometimes broken, sometimes we might even have trust issues or issues of trust, maybe sometimes we have put all our trust in someone, our life, not Jesus, but someone on earth, and it hasn't gone well. Well, I want to look at a few things that hinders our trust in Jesus and maybe could have even hindered the disciples' trust in Jesus, but there was something unique and powerful about their encounter with him, which I want to talk about slightly in a minute as well. I'm not at 45 minutes yet, am I? No, we're doing all right. I'll crack on. So our view of God can change. If we do trust God, Is it the God we trust? Is it the same view as everybody else's? Probably not. Our views can change. Some of the things that change our view of God is disappointment, lack of belief. Can he really be that good? Hurt or pain. Like I said, a trust in a friendship had been broken. Takes years to build trust. Is that right? Seconds to break it. Well, When I think of earthly relationships, sometimes they can be projected subconsciously onto Father God, onto Jesus, onto the Spirit. Maybe we've had a disappointment with our Father, earthly Father, or we haven't had good relationships in family. Maybe we can project that onto God. How could God love me? Because that's my experience of a Father. That's my experience of someone that I'm meant to trust hurt. We might have faced loss. Maybe we might feel numb to the fact that someone loves us and someone wants the best for us. There's good news. Knowing him, we realize that he is who he says he is and he has plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future Jeremiah. 
For the disciples, Jesus was in front of them. Physical embodiment of God and human. It's easy to follow someone when you can see them, is that right? Well, we've got someone that Jesus promises in John 14. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. John 14, 25, 26. We might not be able to see the physical Jesus and spend time with the physical Jesus, but the Holy Spirit is the advocate for the Spirit, for Jesus. The Spirit is the advocate for Jesus. That means that through the Spirit, he will lead us, and it's in whom we trust. We trust the Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to give us the things that we need to do to know Jesus like the disciples knew Jesus and to follow Jesus. And it's only through the Holy Spirit that we can actually follow Jesus now for ourselves. So, where can it go wrong? The Holy Spirit, if we follow him, it'll be all okay. We have to ask Jesus to love us, he already does. Do we have to do special tricks to make him like us? No. He's done everything on the cross for us. And if you don't know him today, that's our way to get to know him. He has made a way and we celebrated that through communion today. But the spirit is the person that leads us to Jesus. When we lean, we actively follow through him. We can get it wrong, a bit like the rich young man in the Bible. He was offered a chance to follow. He was offered the chance to give it all up. And Jesus said, come and follow me. He went away sad because he knew that he couldn't do that. For us, if we're honest, there are times that we don't want to trust. We're worried about what the cost will be. And sometimes, unlike the disciples, we don't always believe Jesus to be who he says he is. And sometimes we ignore what the Spirit says. I don't want to be like the rich, young man. His view of Jesus wasn't quite the same as we would have of Jesus. If we're willing to listen, learn, and lean, we trust God. And what does this all lead to? Well... It should lead to a life lined with Jesus. It should lead to a life that is full and hopeful. Like the disciples, they got to see some miraculous things, incredible truth, and a life in the way everlasting. For us, 
We trust him for our salvation. The disciples didn't stand at the start line thinking, hmm, look at all those other people running the race. I'll just stay here. No, they chose to run forward, to take hold of what Jesus had called them to do. They grappled with the life that was thrown at them like we do, but they trusted Jesus. That even though life might lead them through a dark valley, that his staff will comfort them. Their lives were bought at a cost, so are ours. They were led into service for God, and each day they lived as they trusted God for their provision, leading and equipping. We serve at a place of trusting him for everything. And if we do not trust as much as we would like to, this is our opportunity to make it right. I speak to myself when I say this because ultimately we listen, we learn, and we lean. That is action. And I've never met anybody to this day that trusts Jesus so much that it's just the most, there's no other way. There's always something that we can improve on. There is always something that we can give and sacrifice more of. Again, I speak to myself. We listen, we learn, and we lean. What would this city look like if the hill this city was on shone from the city so brightly with the church who trusted him fully? And we're able to serve out of that. What would this church look like? What would this city look like? Now that was nine pages of squashed, compressed preach. So I hope you're able to follow. Any questions, please do come and speak to me. But the main points I want to hold on to today is without trust, We can't learn from Jesus. It's very hard to listen to him. And the truth is, it will never change us and we will never follow him. But it's only through the Holy Spirit that we have that ability to follow and trust wholly. Which will bring us to a place where it can't be anything that we do except let him move in our life. Let him take us to a place where we need to trust more there's a song called oceans where it says spirit lead me where my trust is without borders today church have we somehow put borders around the trust that we have in god have we maybe been like the rich man where he couldn't sacrifice what he needed to maybe We need to listen to that still whisper in our heart and our soul. This is your time. This is the moment. And maybe for some of us, we don't know Jesus like that. Maybe for some of us, we've known Jesus for a very long time. But actually, something that I've said today has niggled at 
do I trust Jesus like the disciples did? They gave up everything and followed. Am I willing to serve Jesus in those ways? Now, it might not be giving up everything, but it might be doing something completely different than you're used to. It might be serving in church in a different way. So I know it might not be necessarily quiet in here, but I want to take a moment for us to respond. And I want to do this because while I've been looking at trust, I've had to come to the realization, even bringing this word, it's been a hard week this week, bringing this word, I've had to really trust him. Because if I'm honest, this wasn't something that I could do in my own strength this week. Um, I said to Craig before I got, got here, last night I had literally um, 45 minutes sleep, I think, in total. Um, we've got an eight-month-year-old, bless him, he doesn't know what night is yet. Love his heart. But I'm trusting him today that for us, there is a way that we can maybe, for some of us, return to him fully. Or maybe just reach out to him afresh and go, God, I want to trust you again. That thing that you said to me years ago, God, I want to trust you for that. That promise, I want to trust you. I believe you are good I want to understand more of your heart. I want to know you more, God. So we're going to do that. Is that okay? And I'm going to literally just put a song on. Um, the worship team, it's great. They can respond as well. I'm going to respond. And, you know, if you're a child in this place as well, this is a time where we can hear from God. We can listen to his still voice. And we can ask the Holy Spirit to lead us. So let's see if this works. So Father God, thank you that we can trust you. Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you lead us, you guide us, you comfort us. In that verse, you are our staff. You lead us through the valley. And Jesus, you are good. And that we love you. And that we need you. And because of we know that you love us, we know that we can trust you. So Lord, would you speak to us now? In Jesus' name. <laughs>